Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. Come on, give God praise for Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. Before you're seated, before you're seated, man. And, and should we announce the fact that we're going on tours? To, we're going on tours. It's going to be the Crab Family and Rodriguez. It's like Southern gospel and salsa music all combined. Man, I'm just before you're seated, I just, y'all going to help me do this right now. These are some of my favorite people on the planet. That's no hype. That's not like rhetoric. If not, I wouldn't be coming back. Y'all happen to have some of the most anointed pastors, not in America, on planet Earth. Give it up for the best pastors on the planet, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Amanda. Love you guys. That's like fuego on steroids right there. We're going to do something different. I'm gonna, we're going to illustrate this message. Before you're seated, this is Jason. Jason is part of our church executive management team. He oversees security travels with me. Right after 9-11, Jason served our country faithfully in Afghanistan and Iraq, taking care of. This is a real Captain America right here. So we're going to illustrate this. We're going to illustrate this. Uh, are we? Caleb, where are you? Caleb, come on up. Not scripted, none of that, just... Caleb, stick around right there. Because I'm a, I'm a, I don't mean like right there, right there. I'm not going to just, just... I mean, you know, in the vicinity thereof. I, <laughs> let me read a passage as you stand with me, and then I'm going to ask Caleb a question. He has no idea what I'm going to ask him. You have your Bibles, John chapter 9. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit told me to share with you today. Verse 1, this is the word of the Lord. As Jesus was walking, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. He was blind, but he was blind from birth. Not like the guy of Mark who, was, who used to see and lost his sight and was restored. Verse 6, Jesus spit on the ground. How about that? That's what we call in California messy. He made mud with the saliva. That's more messy. And he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. It's even messier. Verse 7. He told them, go wash yourself in the pool. So the man who was blind, that Jesus placed his spittle and his mud on his eyes, went and washed and came back seen. Before we go any further, come here, sunshine. Let's take a walk. Walk with me, casual conversation. Now, this is a sacred space, right? Yes, sir. It's holy. Yes, sir. So you'd be honest with me. Nothing's going to happen if you give me the answer. Nothing I'm bad's going to happen. Just, just tell me the truth. Now, your, your worship, you when the worship leads here, did the production team get together? And before I came, did you or did you not look at my sermon notes? No, sir. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more time because you fear the Lord. Yes, sir. You fear Jesus. Yes, sir. Or like you all say here, you all fear Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. 
So you didn't, you haven't read my sermon now. No, sir. All right. Did someone from the, whatever you all call it here, your production team, planning center, did someone make you privy? No, sir. To, I haven't even asked a question yet. <laughs> oh, you're that prophetic. You know what the answer. <laughs> did someone make you privy to what I was going to preach about? No, sir. No, sir. You had no clue. No clue. I want you to follow me, Caleb. Sir. Caleb, I want to show you something. These are my sermon notes. I couldn't type them up now. They, they come from California with a banjo on my knee. So my office sent them over here. Now, while you were, I'm in the green room. I arrived at the moment you were right here. Out of your mouth came the following phrase. What does my sermon title say? Come here, come here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how God's all, all over this place. I, I just wanna, it's good, this is gonna flip you for the rest of your life. Let, let me show you something. What's the title you see here? Messy miracles. Y'all don't remember about 28 minutes ago, this young man literally said, your mess is about to become your miracle. Literally verbatim. What, what does it say right here verbatim? Messy miracles when the mess becomes your miracle. Oh, I don't know if you're listening to this. I'm here to tell you, get ready. Every area that is messed up in your life, your mess is about to become your miracle. By the time you get home, wherever there was a mess, you will find a miracle. If you believe it, shout like you know. Somebody prays like you believe your mess is about to be... Somebody shout like you know your mess is about to become your miracle. Your mess is about to become your miracle. Lift up your hands. Every area, every loved one, every sector of your life that may look like a mess, you're about to see that mess become a miracle. Oh, I don't know if you're getting this. God is turning it around as we speak. That child that's fighting drug abuse, that mess is about to become a miracle. That relationship that's falling apart, that mess is about to become a miracle. That health circumstance that's going down, down, down that slippery slope, that mess is about to become a miracle. I'm even gonna prophesy, even in America, hey, America's mess is about to become God's miracle. Somebody praise like you believe it. Shout like you know it. Worship like the mess already became your miracle. That's it, man. I'm in the green room. Right when I got up and I heard, and I hear this guy going like, your mess is about to become, I said, who gave him my notes? I said, oh God, if this is, ooh, mm, yeah. Thanks, Caleb. I love it. I love it. Go ahead, sit down for a second. Your mess is about to become your miracle. No joke, your mess is about to become your miracle. Your mess is about to become your miracle. 
before this week is over, your mess is about to become your miracle. I sense the Lord before this week is over, your mess is about to become your miracle. Open your eyes to the new. Open your eyes to the new. Open your eyes to the new. Just do me a quick favor. This is, I'm in California. We were locked down until like yesterday. So this is called content under pressure. Um, can you touch the neighbor you like the most and tell them your mess is about to become your miracle? <laughs> touch your other neighbor, the one you barely tolerate, and tell that neighbor. Tell that neighbor that doesn't want you to touch them. Tell that neighbor your mess is about to become your miracle. So let me confess something, I'm a bit OCD. My mind works in a very, works in a very linear sequential manner, which means what, I may preach like Captain Kirk, but I think like Spock. So, so I process information in a very, believe it or not, logical, coherent, mathematical way, and I find it to be beyond me to reconcile how Jesus utilizes a messy process to unleash a miracle. I mean, why couldn't he just do the whole, you know, wham, bam, thank you, Sam, little, little nod. You know, little Jesus swag with the whole long hair Fabio look. Woo. No, he decides to just show us and demonstrate everything has a purpose. If you're taking any notes, prophetically speaking, I'm gonna give you what the Lord gave me. Good luck with taking notes, but if you're taking any notes, number one, open your eyes to what you have never seen before. Let me repeat that. Open your eyes to what you have never seen before. What if I tell you we're about to see stuff we've never seen before? As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. He, this man was not losing his sight. This man did not lose his sight. He never had it in the first place. He was born blind. So this circumstance facilitates the environment for Christ to reveal, theologically speaking, what is known as a functional ontological extension of the divine providence nature of God. In other words, with the woman of the issue of blood, he gave her back her health. With the indolent man at Bethesda, he gave him back his walk. With Lazarus, he gave him back his life. But with this man, Jesus didn't give him something he lost. Jesus gave him something he never had in the first place. I'm going to preach in a second. There's a difference between God restoring something you had and God giving you something you never had in the first place. Our God is not just the God that restores. Our God is the God that will give you what you never had before. He is the Lord of the new thing. Somebody should get excited. You've been praying for God to renovate your past. And God says, I don't want to renovate your past. I want to unleash your future. I'm going to preach now. Some of you have been praying for God to restore. And God says, now, in this case, I'm not going to restore that. I'm going to give you something you never had in the first place. I'm preaching to at least five people. I need you to make room. I said, make room. You are about to see what you have never seen before. Isaiah 43, 19. He is the Lord of the new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. God, oh, oh. we're coming out of this crazy season, this cuckoo for Cocoa Puff year and a half. What are we going to see? We got to open up our eyes to the new. So you hear, you hear the hype, you hear the rhetoric. Let, we want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to what we had even before COVID. Because what we had before COVID wasn't like utopia, pristine. It wasn't the new Jerusalem. 
We had issues before that. We had issues during that. I, I want to see something new. What if I tell you I'm going to prophesy to you now? And now, what if I tell you, I know some of y'all are going to have a hard time taking some of this. What if I tell you we're about to see something new? What if I tell you we're about to see, don't drink the Kool-Aid, whatever you're watching in the news, don't drink the hype. You, you need to put this in perspective. Every single time that there was darkness, God shows up. And, and, and even in this nation, we've already experienced, I'm going to put this in historical context for you. In this nation, the majority of theologians and even historians come to an agreement. There have been at least two great awakenings, some argue three. There was an awakening that happened in the early 1730s. And that awakening, 1730s, early 40s, you know that awakening, George Whitfield and so forth. That awakening inevitably led to something called the Revolutionary War, an awakening that led to a war. There was an awakening that led to a battle that shifted America's identity forevermore. Then there was a second awakening in the early 1800s. That awakening led to the Civil War, and it shifted America's identity forevermore. There's a third awakening coming. I need you to hear me. Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. If you think God is done with America, you're wrong. God is not done with America. The devil will not have the final word. No, no, no. There's still a holy remnant in this nation that calls upon the name of the Lord. There's still a remnant in this nation. What, do I, what am I telling you? There's an awakening coming to America that will lead to a war. What kind of war? We're going to fight for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. So what if I tell you we're about to see a move of God like we've never seen before? What if I tell you we're about to see something greater, something that will make a Sousa look like an opening act? And the Jesus movement of the late 1960s, early 1970s look like a rehearsal. What if I tell you we're about to see more people come to Jesus now than ever before in human history? No, you're not getting that. Come on, guys. Do you think it's a coincidence? This guy worked in the military at the highest levels, intel, special agencies that he can't talk about. So he understands well what about intel. What does the devil know that he's attempting to prevent? Oh, you missed it. Do you think it's a coincidence that... That in 16 months, we get a global pandemic, we have racial unrest, we have political cuckoo, we have all of that in a year and a half. What did the devil know that he's trying to prevent? Oh, let not your heart be. We are about to see the glory of Jesus like we have never seen before. If you believe that, shout like you know it. Lift up both hands. Repeat after me. In my family, in my home, in my marriage, in my calling, in my business, in my community, in my nation, in my generation, I'm about to see the glory of Jesus like never before. Repeat after me, there's not a devil in hell or a demon on earth that can stop the glory of God from being poured out. If you believe that, now raise the roof and give God your passion. Something is coming. Something is coming. Something is coming.
Lord. There's a move of God coming up. If you believe you're about to see, you lift up both hands. If you believe it's not hype or rhetoric, you really believe you're about to see the glory of God like never before. Oh my God. Do you understand what we're about to see? We're about to see an awakening, a move of God. This is cuckoo for Cocoa Puff season. We're about to see a pushback on the pushback. Oh, I'm telling you. Repeat after me. The mess will become a miracle. Say it like you believe it. The mess will become a miracle. The mess will become a miracle. Lift up your hands one more time. I want to declare it. What does that mean? It means we're about to see 1 Corinthians 2. We're about to see that. We're, we, we're about, instead of riots, revival. You're not even hearing that. Instead of riots, revival. Instead of lockdowns, instead of locking down, open heavens. Instead of strife, you're going to see a unity movement led by the Spirit of God. Instead of hatred, love. Instead of destroying property, building family altars. Are you with me right now? Instead of political affiliation, prophetic designation. And are we streaming? Oh, there goes that. And instead of storming the Capitol, we're about to storm the gates of hell in the name of Jesus. We're going to take back everything that belongs to the kingdom. Somebody shout like you're ready to do this. If you believe this, raise your hands. Oh, I sense the Lord. Lift him up a little bit higher. It's that 1 Corinthians 2, 9 promised. Your eye has yet to see, your ear has yet to hear, your mind has yet to imagine the wonderful things that God has in store for you because you love Him. We're about to see what we've never seen before. Oh, if you really believe that, in our generation, we're about to see in our children. Matter of fact, turn on the porch light. We're about to see our prodigal sons and daughters come back home in Jesus' name. We're about, I sense God, we're about to see families restored. We're about to see an explosion of the glory of God upon this nation. We're about to see an outpouring of the anointing. We're about to see a greater portion. We're about to see the uprising of modern day Nazarites. We're about to see a generation. Don't drink the Kool-Aid about millennials and Generation Z. Every time you hear somebody say it's gonna be the least Christian generation, the most paganistic, heathenistic, unbelieving generation ever. Then I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for this. I am. I'm tired of pastors declaring negativity from the stage and saying that generation is lost. That generation will never be saved. We're going to have to accept the fact this is the last. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Don't use the stage to prophesy. Prophesy. That generation will unleash the glory of God like we have never seen before. Hey, Elijah, here comes Elijah. You lift up your hands, lift up your hands. Nazarites, Nazarites. That's what y'all do here. You activate Nazarites. Modern day, New Testament, New Covenant, New Wine, Christ-centered, Bible-based, Spirit-empowered, grace-filled Nazarites. People that don't conform to this world, don't conform to this world. 
It's the Romans 12 principle. And people who refuse, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, to quench the Holy Spirit. That's what you have, a bunch of cuckoo for Cocoa Puff Nazarites. People that don't conform to this world and people that will not quench the Holy Spirit. So we're streaming, so I'm here to tell you, America, get ready. The next thing to fill this nation will not be a Delta variant. It will not be COVID-20, 21, or 22. The next thing to fill this nation will be the glory of the risen Christ Jesus will be the power of the Holy Spirit. If you believe in church, shout like you know. God is about to show up. Are there any questions? We got it. Close your eyes. You're blind. No, no, but you're going to have to do it. This is. is, So if you were taking any notes, that first point was open your eyes to what you have never seen before. Number two, number two is open your eyes to God's spirit. I I just want to biblically contextualize it. He, He spit. Yeah, he spit. Yeah, it's. Jesus spit, holy spittle, Batman. <laughs> like, who does that? Who spits in people's, what? what? This is the Messiah, he spit. I mean, this is, this is like, for real, what if it was allergy season? You follow what I'm saying? <laughs> Anointed allergies, it's like, he spit. This is wild to me. Again, I'm a Lehigh University grad. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a math and science guy. Like, like, why would you do the spit thing? Why would he spit? Why would Jesus spit? It's a, can you just raise your right hand real quick? I just won't give you this word. It's, it's the spirit of God. Just, I want to remind you that the God of the process is the same God of the outcome. Flip it. The God of the outcome is the same God of the process. You got to trust him for the process, not just for the outcome. Always reminding yourself that the process is temporary, but the outcome is permanent. Did you get that? Do not confuse what you're going through with where you're going to. And I'm going to repeat it. If you're going through what you've never been through before, it's only because you were about to occupy what you've never occupied before. All right? So he spits, he spits, he spits, he spits. What's in the spit? What's in your spit? So there's two groups of people. You're the optimist and the pessimist. The pessimist just said, germs and bacteria. All the optimists said, DNA. Ladies and gentlemen, no joke, not even revelation. Straight up facts. Jesus took his DNA. And he took his DNA and he placed his DNA on top of the eyes of a man who was born blind. In other words, hey, sunshine, with your DNA, you can't see anything. With my DNA, you're about to see my glory. (laughs) 
With your DNA, you are a victim. With my DNA, you are more than a conqueror. With your DNA, you will make excuses. With my DNA, you will make history. So Jesus takes his DNA, literally speaking, DNA transfer. That's what it is. It's a prophetically, vertically, medically substantiated procedure. He gave him his DNA. But I want you to know something. We don't have the spittle of Jesus. When Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended, he did transfer something. But it wasn't his spittle. We don't have the spittle of Jesus. We have an upgrade. You missed it. This man with the spit of Jesus was able to see what he could never see before. Imagine what you and I are about to see. We don't have the spittle of Jesus. We have the... We have the... We have the spirit of Jesus. Does anybody have that spirit here? If you have that spirit, lift up both hands. Again, I'm going to ask just because I have to. I don't want... Are we streaming for real? All right. I want to remind everyone the Holy Spirit is not a denomination. The Holy Spirit is not a network. The Holy Spirit is not an emotion. The Holy Spirit is not a moment. The Holy Spirit is not a conference, an ideology, a philosophy. The Holy Spirit is not an app you can download on your Apple or Android phone. The Holy Spirit is the most powerful person and force on planet Earth today. The Holy Spirit is the greatest influencer. I don't care who you put. You could put Messi, Ronaldo, Ariana Grande, the Kardashians, uh, LeBron James, Jay-Z. You could put the most powerful, Justin Bieber, the ones that have the most followers. They still won't match up. You know who has the most followers on the planet? The Spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit is the greatest influencer on earth today. And, and cameraman, you're streaming. Give me a tight shot. I was in California when the governor of California said churches weren't essential. You can't open up at all. I was in California when the governor of California said I couldn't even be in my house with my family worshiping. Google it. He prohibited indoor services or worship meetings, or even with a small group of people if you were singing hymns or worshiping. The governor of a state told me that I couldn't have church in my home with my family. Tight shot. Is it tight? Really nice and tight? Snots and all? All right. I want you to hear me. There's not an executive order. There's not an executive order, a presidential decree, a Supreme Court decision, a legislative initiative, a law, or a social media campaign that can ever stop the Holy Spirit from moving. You can't stop the Holy Spirit. You can't cancel the Holy Spirit. You can't deplatform the Holy Spirit. The White House can't stop them. Congress can't stop them. The courts can't stop them. Facebook can't stop them. Google. Nothing can stop the
the Spirit of God from moving. If you believe that, praise like you have that Spirit. Somebody worship like you have that Spirit. Prophesy like you have that Spirit. Live like you have that Spirit. Oh, we're done. We're done, we're done. Lift up your hands. You can't cancel the Holy Ghost. You can't deplatform. For it is not by might nor by power, but by my Zechariah 4, 6, where that spirit is present. There is power, Acts 1, 8. There is freedom, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. We are driven by that spirit, Galatians 5, 16. Filled with that spirit, Ephesians 5, 18. Ah, this is temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. We don't have the spittle, we have the spirit. We, not just any spirit, the Apostle Paul, my favorite verse. Mm, what a crazy verse. Romans 8, 11, what a verse. The same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Not, not a derivative spirit, not a, a tangential spirit, not a similar spirit, not a kindred spirit. The same identical spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. Which means what? If Jesus through that spirit came out of the tomb, you can come out of everything. With that spirit, you can come out of addiction. Lift up your hands. With that spirit, you can come out of depression. With that spirit, you can come out of anxiety and bondage and generational curses. With that spirit, with that spirit, with that spirit. All right, we want to land this. Are there any questions? This is it. This is the final point here. This is... I, I got to ask you. I got to ask you. Bishop. Bishop RJ. You, read the, you heard the passage that I... That I so before Jesus, before the, where did Jesus spit? Where did he spit at? He didn't spit directly. That's the guy from Mark, different guy. You got to, that's what we have to create a, you have to juxtapose him. Not the same guy. The guy from Mark used to see but lost his sight. How do we know? Because he said, ooh, I, I, I see but not clearly because the, the men look like, Hence, it says explicitly in the Greek, he restored his sight there. Not this guy. So Jesus, instead of, notice how Jesus to that guy spat directly. But to this guy, he doesn't. You know where he spits first? The dirt. I'm going to ask you all a question. What did God make man out of? He went to the original blueprint. Y'all messed, y'all didn't get that. He, he went to the original design. He said, wait a minute, you were born while you weren't, you could never, I'm going to have to go back to it because in my original plan for you, you're not blind. In my original plan for your family, you don't have drug addiction. In my original plan for your children, there is no alcoholism. In my original plan for your destiny, your, your family members don't die at the age of 62. No, 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 no. In my original plan, you are blessed and highly Lift up your hands. You were born according to the model, the second Adam, not the first. First Corinthians 15, 45. If you believe God has a plan for you, raise one hand. I'm not going to be presumptuous. 
If you believe God has a plan for you and your children and your children's children, raise both hands. If you believe God has a plan for your now and your next, raise both hands and a foot. In God's original plan, you're not blind, addict, alcoholic. You're not full of anxiety. You're not the tail and you're not cursed. Jesus went to the dirt in order to unleash his destiny. You missed that. Jesus went to the dirt in order to unleash his destiny. You have to give Jesus access to your dirt before he grants you access to his destiny. What if I tell you that Jesus paid the price? The, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth says, it's not just about the other side. He paid the price so in this life, you can reap the benefits. You missed that. That's why John 10, 10, the latter part. Sure, the enemy came to rob, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come to give you and life. That's not in the Greek exegete. It's not on the other side. It's from the moment you're born again. You missed it. I'm here to tell you every curse has been broken. Colossians 2.15, Jesus publicly defeated every principality, power of darkness, and lie of the enemy. What does that mean? In the name of Jesus, get ready. You're about to see God's original plan for you, for your children, for your children's children, for your children's 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 If you believe that, raise your hands. Because Jesus came to save, deliver, heal you, and reactivate his original plan for you. Again, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the model of the second Adam. You are not where you are. You are not how you are. You are not what others did to you. You are not what you did to yourself. You are who God says you are. You are what God says you are. It's not about where you are in life. It's about who you are in Christ. And when you know who you are in Christ, you will never be held back by where you are in life. Your identity in Christ will bring an end to your captivity in life. Ephesians 2.10, stand with me. You are standing. Okay, those that are not standing. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ for good works which God prepared beforehand. His original plan. That we should walk in them. Everything God has planned, his original design. Everything he planned originally for you will come to pass. Oh, y'all got three amens. In a, in a, no, 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 no. You, I'm going to reiterate. This is, if you remember 2019, the Dagon message, I want you to hear me. If you receive this word and activate it fully by faith through Christ, if you get this, your children will not inherit your sins. Your children will inherit your blessings. Somebody shout like your children will not inherit your sins. I feel the, I feel a breakthrough right now. Your children will not inherit your sins. Your children will inherit your blessings. If you believe in praise like you know that God's original plan. God's original plan. If you believe God's original plan since fully activated, raise your hands. God's original plan, God's original plan, God's original plan, God's original plan. God's original plan. I feel the Lord, God's original plan. 
God's original plan. My daughter almost died of COVID. She did. She gave birth to my granddaughter, Mila. Her white blood cell count has always been a little bit lower than usual, lower than four. It was, it was, rock, it was too low, so her immune system was suppressed. She gave birth to Mila right during the COVID season, my granddaughter. And our, our entire family, we, we got hit with COVID. I was asymptomatic. I run. And I actually ran better during COVID. Uh, I did. Better timing. But, but my daughter got jacked up. She ended up, you know, in a, in a ventilator. In an ICU room. I'm, this is Pastor Sam's daughter, man. I'm, I preach. I believe. It's not hype for me. I know too much of God. Seen God too much to, to doubt God. So I'm, I'm going like, God, what in the world's going on here? I'm going, this is not, wait a whoa, this is not part of the original plan. This is not, this is, no, I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm sorry. You wanna, I'm not going to accommodate it. And I have great empathy for those that had a different result. I do. I understand on the other side of eternity, I get that. And I understand Romans 8, 28. I understand that God makes all things together, work together for the good of those who love him. I get all that, praise the Lord. But I was in the middle of my moment. And I'm driving my Jeep Wrangler in Northern California by myself. And I'm broken. I'm going to be honest. I'm being vulnerable authentic, transparent. I, I, was, I was broken. I started weeping. And I said, wait a second, God, I don't deny you for a moment. But this right here is not part of the plan. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not saying that my plan is better than somebody. I'm not saying, I'm just saying it's not part of the plan. So I need a little something, something for you. And I, God, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting it. I'm not doubting you. I'm, I don't need fleece. I don't have just, I just, look, give me a little something, something. I haven't been able to talk to her. Mom hasn't. The husband hasn't. We haven't been able to reach that girl. She's been in ICU, completely isolated. No contact. I mean, we haven't been able to see her. California restrictive rules. It's crazy. What do we do? And I go, I haven't been able to, Lord, just do something. Here's what I want you to do, God. Um, right now as I'm here. In this Jeep on Douglas Folsom Boulevard in Granite Bay, California, do me a little something, something. Send your angels to invade her room. Just like the testimony I heard some minutes ago. So just go do it, God. I don't know what to do next, but you do. So invade her room. Let me tell you what happened. This is what took place post facto, subsequently. A message from my daughter who is in ICU, aiming towards the other side. I spoke to the doctor. The doctor says things don't look good. I know it's an anomaly. Millennials don't die. I get all that, Mr. Rodriguez, but this is a special, this is her, her immune system was suppressed. Her body's not reacting to the therapy. All that stuff, all that stuff. It was in the early stages of COVID before they developed better therapy. So I'm going like, oh wow. So I'm, I'm hearing this and all of a sudden I pray, God invade her room. I get this message from my daughter. Not knowing what I prayed, where I was at, haven't talked, nothing, haven't even been able to see her. Dad, comma, trust me, by the way, what I discovered is if millennials in Generation Z, if they're going to die, they're going to die with their iPhones in their hands. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just a matter of, she's an ICU and that girl still had access to her phone. In my generation, that never would have happened, right? And she says, Dad, comma, I'm not going crazy period. I promise it's not the meds, period. Dad, heaven just invaded my room. Dad, I promise you there are angels coming in and out of my room. I don't know what's going on, but I I'm here to tell you Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be 
saved. If you believe it, shout like you know that God shows up. And the rest of the story, she's alive. 24 hours later, the doctor called me and says, Mr. Rodriguez, the famous line, Mr. Rodriguez, I can't explain it, but your daughter is no longer ain't quite the opposite. I can't even explain the turnaround. Mr. Rodriguez, what I'm about to say sounds ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous. Please be informed. We wouldn't do this under non-COVID circumstances, but because we need hospital rooms, her turnaround has been so dramatic and unbelievable. Can you please pick her up tomorrow from here? Does anybody here know that there's still power in the name of Jesus? Does anybody still believe in the power of miracles? All right, we're really done right now. We're done. As you stand with me, we're done. Watch this. That's it. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. That really happened. I am not making this up. Oh, this is like for dramatic purposes. No, Jesus literally did that. And the Bible says he spread it. The, the, the funny thing is, read the context. He just didn't place the mud. He literally spread the mud. He made a mess. Like, who does that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then let me show you something about Jesus that may be counterintuitive to your interpretation of the grace-filled, loving teddy bear Messiah. Ready for this? He does this, and then you expect him to go, now that I've done this, let me take you to the pool and let me wash you. No. You know what he does? This is crazy. This is your Jesus, my Jesus. He does this. By the way, for all the scientists here, this is called a double blind study. I'm here all week. So he, he does this, true story, and then he, and then he says, go wash yourself. Where's like the nice Jesus that washes the, he says, go. There are things that we need to learn to do by ourselves. Oh, you missed it. There, there's, you've been walking with miracles that you never activated. You've been walking with anointing that you never turned on. He already paid the price on the cross. The finished work of Jesus. Jesus didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. We live in the finished work of Christ. And you're waiting for somehow for him to activate it. No, you need to open up your mouth. Activate everything that God has placed upon you. There are anointings, prophetic impartations, atmospheres that you have been in that have made celestial deposits on your life and you never turned them on because you're waiting for somebody to do it for you. There are things you need to learn to do by yourself. You got to learn to pray for yourself. You miss that. You got to learn to worship all by yourself. Anybody getting this right now? Matter of fact, you got to learn how to prophesy over yourself. How many times a year I'm waiting for God to give me a word? I'm waiting. I'm not moving until God gives me a word. I'm not going to do anything until God gives me a word. I wish God would give me a word. Listen, won't you go a little bit old school? Get some oil. Anoint your hand. Take your hand. Put it on top of your forehead. And just say, you want a word? Here's the word of the Lord. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Learn to prophesy upon yourself. Learn to rebuke yourself. Yeah. So he walked with his mess, and I'm done. Get the worship team up here, please, if they can, unless they're union workers. Oh, it's Caleb. <laughs> Mr. Messy Miracles. I'm going to write that book, and I promise you, so help me God, no joke. It's, everybody here is bearing witness. I'm going to talk about this story in you. Yeah, I really am. Ladies and gentlemen, he did this. He walked with his mess. Has anybody here ever been there? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you knew to other people, you, you looked like a mess, but you knew that behind that mess there was a miracle? It may look like a mess, but it's a miracle with mud on it. All you have to do is wash yourself. I sense God right now. For all the perfect people who have never been through a process, through a storm, the devil never showed up to try to take you out, this is not for you. But for those of you that know what it is to walk with a mess, that to others it looked like a mess, but you kept on walking. How many have been there? Raise one hand. Have you ever been in a moment where it was so messy, where you didn't even know where you were going, but 2 Corinthians 5, 7 kicked in, that you walked by faith and not by... Have you ever been there where life blinded you and life somehow took away your abilities to see beyond the now, but yet you kept on walking? When everything was falling apart in your life, you kept on walking, you kept on praying, you kept on believing, you, you kept on hoping, you kept on prophesying. Because you knew that behind that mess, there was a miracle. There was a miracle. So he walked. He walked, walk with me here, Jason. He walked. He walked with the mess. 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 I'm going to count the three. If right now you need your mess to become your miracle. I'm going to count the three. Run out of your seat and walk with it right now. One, two, three, run. Get out of your seat. If you need a mess, if you have a messy child that needs to become a miracle, if you have a messy reality that needs to become a miracle, if you have a mess in your mind that needs to become a miracle, if you have a mess in your finances that needs to become a miracle, a mess in your health reality that needs to become a miracle, walk, walk. Jesus said, I've given you everything you need to make this happen. Now it's obedience that activates the anointing. Obedience activates the anointing. It's obedience that activates heaven's deposit. Walk, man, if you've never been there. But I know what it is to walk with the mess. Let other people judge you. Let other people unfollow you. Let other people critique you. They don't understand that behind that mess there is a miracle. They don't know, they don't know, they don't know the spittle you have on you. They don't know the spirit you have inside of you. They don't know the promises of God from your mama's womb. They don't know what your grandmother prayed for. They don't know, they're not privy. So you kept on walking, you kept on walking, you kept on walking. You kept on walking, you kept on walking. Why do you keep on walking? Because you understood.
and you understand now that when your hunger is greater than your fear, nothing can stop you. That when your integrity is more important than your influence, nothing can stop you. That you understand when you are driven by the anointing and not by the ambition, nothing can stop you. Walk, 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 walk. Lift up your hands right there where you're at. Because the, the Spirit of the living God brought me on assignment to glorify Christ, the Spirit of Christ indeed, to tell you today, your mess is about to become your miracle. Your mess is about to become your miracle. I sense the Lord. Your mess is about to become your miracle. Open up your mouth. Go ahead. Pray right now. Pray English. Pray French, Italian, Spanish. Pray in the heavenly language. Open up your mouth right now. The mess, as I speak right now, your mess is becoming your miracle. Your messy marriage is about to become your miraculous marriage. Oh, your mess is about to become your miracle. Your mess is about to become your miracle. There's an expiration date on what you're going through. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Second Corinthians 4, 17. When what's behind you is under the blood of Jesus, what's in front of you cannot be stopped. Your mess is about to become your miracle. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.